Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. By Jehovah, we taking over. Good morning. Picture perfect and well worth it and flawless. Try to dress it up. Dress it up. Get my yes is up. It's concerning me, yo. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. Hey, Jackie McMillan. Hey, Jamaica Moore. Hey, baby. Mm. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Good morning, good morning. Mm. Where that come from on my playlist? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, Miss Joyce Craig, good morning. Thank you, thank you. Good morning, good morning. Y'all just don't know what it be like when my coffee is perfect. Like, I get so serious. Good morning, good morning. Mm, yeah. Father, would you mold me into you? Drea, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I think it has to do with sharing and frequency on the page. Mm. Thank you, thank you. I'm a soldier led by Jehovah. We taking over. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I feel like your auntie this morning, you know. <laughs> I know, Miss Joyce, like it tastes good. Oh, hey, Sanson Castillo from the Dominican Republic, welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Ooh, I'm talking about, and it's perfect this morning. <laughs> Ain't nothing like a good cup of coffee. Good morning. It's picture perfect and well worth it and flawless. The battle will be won. Sit up. I keep my yeses up. Presses us. Concerning. LMJ, I can't. Good morning. Welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Your way. I feel like you like your auntie on the porch. Oh, oh, Maxwell House, come on, y'all. 
a, a good what is what was Max Maxwell House's commercial? Good to the last drop was that theirs? Um, I'm telling you, uh, it's just I think I like something warm in the morning. It's nothing like having something warm in the morning. Um, I will drink tea. I'm not a tea girl, but I will drink tea. Um, it's called Teach Me Your Ways by Kenton Jones. But I love a good cup of coffee in the morning and it's just very soothing and it's just very warm and it's just like, oh my gosh. Um, it is, Angela. That's kind of how it is. Coffee and conversations. That was the whole thing. I got coffee. We can really have conversations with God, right? Even though it's coffee and conversations with Lakeisha, we're having coffee and conversations with God. We can really talk to God and God is going to talk to us. I missed some of y'all at Bible study. I'm not going to boast on what the Lord did for us, but I am going to boast on what the Lord did for us. Thank you, Jesus. I wish I could yell. I can't wait till I'm really in a studio in an office where I can scream and yell and be like, thank you, God, you know, and not wake up my neighbors and my kids but lord we thank you for visiting us last night we thank you for inhabiting us there is just something about that prayer time that we're having before ladies bible study and he just as boy boy i'm just telling you it just it's thick it's thick it's thick it's thick it's thick it's thick and we in there praying and lifting up the name of jesus and man he just He's been visiting there. He is online, Tammy, and I could feel it. I could feel the presence online. He is online. And and people who are online are telling me, even though I'm in another state, even though I'm in another city, I can feel the presence of God. So if you've yet to connect to Ladies Bible Study, you need to get in that group. You need to get in that group. You need to get in that group. That group is just for the ladies, and God is doing something so powerful in that group. Hey, don't forget, I have a singles a small group coming. It's for singles. It's not just for women. It's for men as well. And so when I drop the link for the single small group, there are only going to be 25 people in that group. So you need to make sure if you've been trying to figure out how to leave single saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost and on purpose, living on purpose while you're single, then you want to get connected to the group. I, I don't have it perfected yet, but I'm almost there. <laughs> I've been single now for almost six years. I've dated a little bit, right? But I've not really been in a long-term committed relationship with anybody since my husband has left. And so this last year has been preparation for me. And so in that, God has just given me the tools and the keys that I need to sustain and to walk holy and holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, and holy, H-O-L-Y, in my singleness. And so I'm going to do this special small group so that I can connect to my singles and um we can grow where we're supposed to be and operate in the things in Christ. I got you, Kim Wynn. You know I got you. Um, it is online. It is online. Um, right now we are in our second week of our finance group. And God has been revealing so many things. God is just giving me a grace for biblical and kingdom finances and what it looks like when we really have finances according to kingdom. And I'm not just giving you stuff and telling you to live by it. I eat this and I eat this daily. And God has been training me in kingdom finances for almost 20 years now, right? Giving me the wisdom, the knowledge to sustain and leave. Doesn't mean I've been perfect in it, but I've been led by God to a place where we should be whole spirit, soul, and body. And he given me the wisdom to, to put us in that position. And so if you want to tap into, and listen, when we roll out a small group, like we rolled out sync kingdom finances, we do it for 10 weeks. Another group of people can come in in 10 weeks. So don't think that you're left out. We're just, I just can only handle so many people. But at the and at the same time, getting ready to train facilitators so that they can handle these groups that well, we got a ministry, baby. We got we got a ministry, baby. We got a ministry. We are touching all aspects of our life. So one more, a couple more announcements, and I'm getting ready to get in the word, right? Um, one, I need okay, so we have Feed the Streets, and Feed the Streets is our ministry in action. It's a component of of the ministry. And what it does is it partners with local organizations like the Salvation Army, like Drew Projects to provide the needs of the homeless. But we also, we also feed the homeless every month. We will be back in the streets on March. 
I need some things. I'm just going to be honest. I need some, I need some, I need some things. We need washing powder. I need feminine hygiene products. And I also need, we need to start putting together clothing. And right now I really need some men clothing. I don't want you to think this ministry is just about women. It's not, it's a huge part of the ministry, but we take care of the whole family. And so we need some men clothing. The last time I took some things over to the Salvation Army, a man walked up to me and he was like, do you have any pants for men? And I didn't have anything for men. And so I would like to keep a box of like 10, 15 pairs of jeans and pants for men, all different sizes, shirts for men, all different sizes, because I'm doing this out of my vehicle as well. Right. And I have a small car, but if I can rotate things and keep them in my trunk, then as I'm coming across until we get the building, and until the Lord blesses me with a bigger vehicle, which are two petitions I have before the Lord, I, I want to be able to keep these things in my trunk so that because I spend a lot of time downtown so that when I'm at the Salvation Arm, and Army and they're asking me for those things, they have it. So I need pants for men, right? And you can buy them or if your husband or your brother or somebody has, and I like gently use things. I don't like raggedy things to give to them because I wouldn't want somebody to give me raggedy things. So we need, I need men, I need pants from men. And so you can either make a donation online or you can ship something to the PO box, PO box 4186 Little Rock, Arkansas 72214. But feed the streets is our part of the ministry that serves. Like we serve, we give a percentage of our budget that comes into the ministry of taking care of the poor. Right. And then we're developing some other things. Like we've got to get to the prisons and witness. I am licensed. I can't walk into any prison and go see those that are in prison. And so, but God is building us in stages. And so we're going to have prison ministry and all of the other things as well. But right now we focus on, so you can send us, send us feminine hygiene projects, products, send us those. Um, you can make a donation online. You can become a monthly partner and just donate so that we constantly have a flow and we can give to those that are, that are in need. Right. And then we ultimately going to have us a building and we're going to have us a van and we're going to be really be able to feed the streets. We're going to be able to serve the streets and we serve the streets in the streets that that's the, the, the whole thing of our feed the streets. We serve the streets in the, in the streets. We go to the streets so that they can get what they need. So think on those things. Pray on those things. If God moves it upon your heart and I know he will, I need clothing for men. I need some clothing for men. I need, I still need clothing for women, but I have more access to that. I need clothing for men. I want to keep a little wardrobe in my trunk. I need washing powder. I need uh, uh, feminine hygiene projects to get to Drew projects so that they can get um, feminine hygiene kits into the homeless population. And I think that's it. Oh, also February the 15th, I am speaking at Tops in uh, Pine Bluff, Arkansas. It's a girls youth conference and I'm pretty sure God is going to show up and show out. <laughs> I know he is right. And so if you want your young lady to connect to something empowering, um, we're going to drop the flyer today. Again, you need to call them. It's completely free. It comes from lunch. Um, so that we can make sure I can pour into their spirits, right? I'll be there. And then this Saturday, I'm at New Hope Baptist Church in North Little Rock, um, talking about, uh, talking to singles about the benefits of being singles. And so I just forgot to share that because I always forget to share where I'm speaking. Y'all ready for the word today? Y'all ready? Let's pray and let's get into the word today. If y'all take those announcements, thank you for being patient with me as I shared announcements this morning. Um, for the glory of God and just kind of take note of those, those, those moments that are coming and put it in your pen and put it in your book. Don't forget, we need you for feed the streets. You need, we need you. We need you. We need you. All right, let's pray and let's get started. Father God, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for your people today. Mm. I thank you for your freshness today for renewing our mind and renewing our spirit and renewing our soul. I thank you for positioning us to prosper, Father God, not for our glory, but for your glory. I thank you, Father God, for a fresh anointing, one that destroys the yokes of bondage of sickness and disease. I cancel every assignment of the enemy against our mind, against our spirit, against our soul. I thank you, Lord God, that you are taking us into the holies of holies today so that we can become more like you. 
Now, Lord God, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, Lord God. Let us begin to honor you in all that we do, Lord God. Let us put away childish things today, Lord God. Let us set our mind, our spirit, our soul, and even our finances on you, Lord God. Lord God, we thank you for teaching us how to grow up. I feel the refreshing coming in. I feel the coolness coming in. Thank you, Father God, for the refreshing today. Thank you for conversation with you. Thank you for teaching us how to rightly divide the word of God. Thank you for downloading truth in us, Lord God, so that we will not be wise in our own eyes, Lord God. Let us be sober. Let us be vigilant, Lord God. Thank you for calling us out of darkness into our marvelous light, Lord God, so that we can walk into the fullness of who you called us to be in Christ Jesus. Thank you for sober living. Thank you for righteousness. Thank you for adopting us. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for proving that we were worthy through Christ Jesus. My God, Jesus, thank you for laying your life on the line for us. Thank you for taking the penalty for that which we inflicted, that which we did. Thank you. And thank you for opening the eyes of our understanding and the hope to who you called us to be in Christ Jesus. Thank you for our manifested destinies. Thank you as we walk, Father God, in the spirit that we walk into truth and we walk away from darkness, Lord God. Thank you for positioning us to prosper, Lord God. Thank you for everything that we put our hands to shall prosper, Father God. Thank you for our children, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, that they are not wise in their own eyes. Thank you that they are excelling, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that they are coming out of their dark places, Lord God, hungering and thirsting for righteousness, Lord God. Thank you for our marriages, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, for strong, godly marriage. We thank you, Lord God, that we superimpose our own ideas of marriage, Father God, for yours, Lord God. We choose your way, Lord God, over our ways. Thank you for godly marriages that represent kingdom, Lord God. I thank you, Father God, for godly men that love Christ, love their wives as Christ loved the church, Lord God. I thank you, Father God, for women who will submit to their husbands, Lord God, as they submit to you and honor you in word, thought, deed, and action, Father God. I thank you, Lord God, that godly wisdom women are rising out of the ashes, rising, Father God, rising, Lord God, taking up, taking up the truth, Lord God, and walking closer and with you, Lord God. I thank you, Father God, for our prodigal sons and daughters returning home today, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that their eyes are being opened, that their hearts are being turned to flesh, Lord God, and they are just beginning to find themselves way back to you, Lord God. I thank you, Father God, for not forgetting the one. I thank you for not forgetting the one, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, for renewing our mind and showing us, Lord God, what it is to live like Christ through your word. I thank you, Father God, that the word, your word is the very breath of God, Lord God. I thank you that we're receiving that today by faith, Lord God. I thank you, Father God, that favor goes before us today. Favor causes policies, rules, and regulations to be reversed to our advantage, Lord God. And favor sits us at the tables. Father God, I thank you for all the favor that Yara needs. My God, Lord God. I thank you. You are sitting her in places, Lord God. I thank you. You, Lord God, are opening doors to Yara right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God, for you destined her for greatness. I thank you for clinics and opportunities, Lord God. I thank you, Father God, that any door that does not line up with our word is being closed right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father. I thank you for that. I thank you, Lord God. I thank you for Whitney Wright's new opportunity. And as she goes on her job, that she has a balance and that she operates in kingdom. I thank you for your glory. I thank you, Father God, that you have the capacity to heal us, Lord God, for you were bruised for our iniquities and chastised for our peace and by your stripes we are healed. So I thank you that Tammy's hand is healed and Jeanette's daughter is healed and um, Jeanette's husband is healed. I thank you, Father God, that Botswana is healed, Lord God, and I thank you that Ebony is healed, Lord God, and I thank you that healing is a part of our benefit package, Lord God, and that we will not receive anything else. I thank you that all things are aligning with kingdom, Lord God. I thank you for grace and mercy, Lord God, brand new grace and grand, brand new mercy today. And I thank you, Father God, you are just and you are fair and that any time that is being lost, that you are redeeming the time, Lord God. So I thank you for redeeming the time, Lord God. And I thank you for our president and that you're overcoming his mind, Lord God. And I cast out this 
demonic principality that's been trying to lord over the white house for a long time this entity the spirit of deception of crookedness of perverseness and i cast you back to the pit of hell from which you came and i thank you father god for a sovereign government lord god that is led by you i thank you for leaders arising lord god and i thank you for our schools and for solid teachers and for administrators lord god that want to do the right thing by you that they're not confused by standardized tests, Lord God, and that they become the ones that implement policies and plans and rules that destroy yokes, Lord God. I thank you. All of our children are coming to darkness into your marvelous night. I thank you, Father God, for renewing our mind. I thank you that the spirit of deprivation is gone right now in Jesus' name. And the spirit of despair is gone right now in Jesus' name. My God. And the spirit of lack is gone right now in Jesus' name. And that we remember that anytime the enemy tries to prevent anything else, that your word is at our disposal. That your word is the sword, that your word is the shield, Lord God. I thank you we operate in the mind of Christ, Lord God. I thank you for renewing our mind, Lord God. I thank you for the helmet of salvation, Father God. And I thank you, Lord God, today we put on the breastplate of righteousness, Lord God. And I thank you our shoes are the gospel of peace, Lord God. And our loins are girded with truth, Lord God. And we yield the sword of the spirit, Lord God. I thank you, Father God, that we walk in the fullness of our armor today. Let us not be God. Let us not be tempted to do anything ungodly. Increase our capacity to discern you, Lord God. Enlarge our territory, my God. Enlarge our territory, Lord God. Increase our capacity to do more for you, Lord God. G increase our gift of discernment, Lord God. Let us be able to discern what's of you and what's not of you. Let us be completely planted in you today, Lord God. Let us be completely righteous, Lord God. Now, Lord God, we thank you for money. Not that we desire money, but we know that it takes money. We know that it takes favor. So we thank you, Father God, for kingdom finances, Lord God. You said you would give seed to the sower, Lord God. You said given it shall be given unto us, pressed down, shaken together, runneth over, shall men and women give into our bosom, Lord God. So we thank you, Father God, that you said that you would not, not withhold any good thing. You told us to be anxious, not to be worried, being consumed. So I thank you, Father God, for giving us daily benefits. I thank you for loading us with daily bread. I thank you, Father God, that you are meeting all our needs according to your riches and glory. I thank you, Father God, that you are un that fame and favor go with us wherever we go, Lord God. I thank you, Father God, for your glory. Now show us your glory. Manifest your glory. Jesus, give us your holiness. Holy Spirit, be activated in our lives today. Go advocate for us, Holy Spirit. I thank you for the Holy Ghost and I thank you for permission, Lord God, to go and do things kingdom way. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord God, I thank you for increasing our capacity to discern you in every way. Glory to God, 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 glory to God. Can I tell y'all something? And I'm not, and I, if you will begin, I'm just for, for real, as I'm praying for your finances, pray over your finances. I'll put some things up today that you can pray over your finances. Pray over your finances daily. Ask God to increase your capacity so that you are able to do more for the kingdom. Like pray over your finances daily. Don't like, oh, okay, my money is good. No, seal up the holes, seal up the cracks. Because for those of you that God may want to put more in your hands, it's going to be done supernaturally. It's not on your work. So make sure you praying over your finances, sealing in the blood, cut covenant, honor God with the tithe and we'll go into everything else. All right. Um, so we're going to get into the word today. And um, I want, let me read my Psalms 91 over us. It says, those who live in the shelter of the most high will find rest in the shadow of the almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is God and I trust him for he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. And remind yourself in the finances for those of you who are tithers and those of us that are tithers. He said he will rebuke the devourer for our sake. So don't even be worried about the devourer when the enemy starts trying to make you think something wrong is going to going to occur. You come back and say to him, you know what? No, nothing wrong is going to occur. And the reason nothing wrong is going to occur is because I'm a tither, right? 
And so, so just make that he will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terror at night, nor the arrow that flies in day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go they will hold you up with your hands so won't even hurt you won't even hurt your foot on a stone you will trample upon lions and cobras you will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet the Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. And I don't know, because as I was reading that, the Lord just so like ask God to give you biblical perspective about your finances. Most of you probably don't even know what God said to you about money. We don't. And so we've mishandled money or we don't expect God to increase us because we've only seen a little bit of God in our finances. So trust him with your finance and then ask him about your finances and he'll give you the wisdom knowledge you need to unlock doors so that you can go and do what you're supposed to do for kingdom. I just keep hearing that in my spirit. You got to trust him with your finances and not yourself. That's where you've been lacking. You've been trusting yourself instead of trusting him. And God is like, no, if you'll trust me with your finances, I'll, I'll straighten it all out for you. If you'll trust me with your money, if you'll say, God, this is in my money, I, God will give you the wisdom that you need for finances. But most of us trust ourselves more than we trust God with our finances. And God is like, no, if they'll trust me with their finances, I'll do this, right? I'll do this in a whole different, I'll do this in a whole different way. God can provide for you and take care. He caused the wealth of the wicked to be laid up for the righteous. Ask him for your wealth transfer. Ask him to increase your capacity for handling your money so that you can go serve kingdom. If you make it about kingdom, he'll do it. He'll, he'll do it. He'll begin to rearrange things for you. He'll begin to position you to prosper. He'll put you in the place of people that you need to be put in so that you can go and and be and build for kingdom. He'll take care of your debt and everything else. He just wants you to try. I don't know who that's for, but somebody was asking about their finances this morning. I know I heard it in my spirit. And that is what the Lord told me to share with you. Your prayer was about your money this morning. And God was like, here's your answer. They need to trust me with your finances. They, Lord, I need to discern what needs to go on in my finances right now. And I need to have that. And I need to do that. And that's what God said to you. They need to trust me with it. So I want to get into the word today. Today's word is called bad company, right? <laughs> we're going to bad company. My, the Lord is called bad company. Like it's called bad company. And so we're going to talk today about being in bad. I know there was an answer for somebody. I know there was an answer. I felt the release in my spirit. I had to go back to that. I was like, why am I talking about finances? I ain't talking about finances today, but God will always give an answer right to, to you when you're praying. He's done that before. He's brought people to me all the time. God will bring, give you an answer when you're looking for something. A lot of times we want the, want it to be all outside of here. And God is like, no, let me take you right back here to this place. So let's, we've been talking about, we're in Ephesians, we're in Ephesians five and we're studying in Ephesians and we're learning to grow in grace. Right. And we're learning to walk more into the fullness of who God called us to be in Christ Jesus. Um, I don't know. Something getting ready to be unlocked for y'all financially. I felt that shit. Just because of your uh, desire to honor God with your money, something is getting ready to be locked financially. So I cannot wait to see what happens. I want you to bring me your testimonies. Something is about to be locked financially for those of you guys that made have made decisions to honor God. I promise you are. You're about to go up a level in Jesus name. And I hope you receive that word by faith. You're about to go up a level because you've chose to honor God in your finances. He's getting ready to unlock a door for you that you have been trying to move into, but he's going to do it supernaturally for you. So father God, we thank you for unlocking doors that no man can open and we receive it by faith in Jesus name. Amen. So we're in Ephesians five, five and seven, and we are talking about bad company. 
And I want to share something. I feel like your auntie this morning. I feel like I'm your auntie this morning and I just got to come give you the business. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, like I'm your auntie sitting on the porch and we having that conversation. And I don't know if you ain't never had that auntie, but I had one of them aunties and they would be sitting on the porch, you know, and you just got to kind of take yourself and she'll be sitting there and she'll be having that real with you. And she might be smoking a cigarette and she might, uh, she might even be having a drink I don't know but she would bring you that business right and the business you wouldn't like how she brought you the business but the business was so real and you needed that business like that's what I feel like today like I'm your auntie about to bring you the business right and so and, and that's like I can't like I'm just saying I feel like and she just be sitting around and at the same time you love her but she would get on your last nerves because she would be telling you the truth, right? She would be telling you the truth. You ain't really want to hear what she said, but she would really, she would really be telling you the truth, right? And because she was so brash with it, because she was so brash with it, you didn't get it, right? You didn't get what she was saying or you didn't understand. But when you left her, you knew that you had gotten something from her, right? Like you had gotten something from her. And so that's what I feel like this morning. Like I feel like like your auntie sitting on the porch about to give you this business. And so I want to, I want to talk to you about, I want to talk to you about bad. <laughs> Demetri said, bring it. I want to talk to you with the rasp. Yeah, y'all raspy voice and cigarette. Okay. Like just there, like you, when you see her sitting on the porch, you know, she'll be telling you, come sit down, sit down. Let me tell you something. Right. And you be sitting down, right. You sit down and she finna give you that knowledge. That's what I feel like this morning. Like I'm getting ready to give you the knowledge. So I want to talk to you a little bit about bad company this morning. We've been We've been rightly dividing the word and understanding what Paul is saying to us and saying to, to us as he's talking to the church of Ephesus. Lord, let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be pleasing to you only. Right. Um, and what he was saying to us in the church of Ephesus. And I want to put an emphasis on bad company, because as we are on this walk, this spiritual journey, the company that you walk with is going to be very important. And I'm just going to be honest. I'm just going to be honest with you. The enemy loves to keep us in bad company. He loves to keep us in a place of familiar. That's the assignment. If I can keep you in a place of familiarity, right? Then you'll keep returning to your vomit. You'll, you'll keep repeating the same mistakes. You'll keep cycling back. You're keeping this. And so it is really important in our walk that we watch the company that we keep is so significant. It's so important, but it's also difficult when we're making transitions and train changes uh, of how to decipher and how to kind of deal with the company. I am very protective about my space. I did not get this always. I did not get this always. This came with maturity, right? Um, I didn't understand that I had to be real watchful about who I was connected to, who was speaking in my spirit, who I was walking with. And can I be honest with you? I was really uncomfortable at first about uh, letting go of the familiar because the familiar is comfortable. The familiar speaks to my com comfortable places, right? Um, and so we'll, we'll get there. So Ephesians 5 and 7, remember yesterday we talked about sexual morality, right? We talked about it. We talked about dealing with those um, sinful places, dealing with those things that do not exalt God. Um, we talked about walking away from sin and walking towards God. So Ephesians 5 through 5, 7, um, it says, for this, you know, that no fornicator, don't, don't let people lie to you. No fornicator, no unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience, right? Therefore do not be partakers with them, right? So he says they have no inheritance in the kingdom of God, right? The fornicator, the unclean person and the covetous has no inheritance in God's kingdom. Remember I said to you, stop listening to the fact that people say, Oh God, or Lord, Lord, or people give you all this emotionalism of where they are with God because we shall know them by their fruit. People should know us by our fruit, right? Um, so it says, no, have no inheritance in God's kingdom. If God's kingdom is alive in them, right? Then a transformation has occurred. When someone is really in God, when Christ is really in someone, when the Holy Spirit is activated in someone, they're not, you cannot rest in the habitual practice of these things. 
You cannot rest when, when you're full of, right? And I'm gonna teach you, I'm gonna talk to you about like when people want the evidence of fooling and filling speaking in tongues when you're full of the Holy Spirit once you get full of the Holy Spirit the tongues will come right and and, and once you get full of full of the Holy Spirit like really really full of the Holy Spirit the tongues will come well when you are full of full of when God's kingdom isn't alive in you when the Holy Spirit is alive in you then here's the thing you can't habitually practice sin can you hear me did y'all hear my head you can't habitually practice sin when you're full of. So when we're not full of the Holy Spirit, it's easy for us to still be attached to our sinful places, right? So this is why Paul is saying here, he's talking to them. He's saying, look, I need you to let you know that, um, that this is where we are, right? This, this is where we are. Um, this, this is what we need to pay attention to, right? You cannot be hanging out with covetous. You can't be covetous, right? Um, we got to deal with idolatry. We got to deal with idols. And then I love this part. He says, let no one deceive you with empty words. We cannot allow empty words to excuse or minimize the judgment due to the practice of these sins. You cannot afford to, in this season, to be in bad company. You, you cannot, or you're not going to transform and change into who God ca is calling you to be. You're not bad company corrupts good morals, bad, bad company corrupts good morals. You cannot be hanging out with people that do not align themselves with where you are walking. I'm just telling you, you cannot, if you are walking in a certain direction in a certain place, you cannot allow people to hang out with you that are not walking in the way that you're walking. First Corinthians 15, 33 says, do not be misled. Bad company corrects good, good character. Come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning for there are some who are ignorant of God, right? I say this to your shame. And so we got to pay attention to who we are connected to in those seasons, right? Matthew 10 and 28 says, do not fear those who kill the body, but I'll go back to that. I don't want to do that. Right. And so the enemy loves to deal with us in familiarity that that's what he loves to do. I'm just going to, I'm going to be honest. And so when we talk about familiar, we're talking about people who know the intimate places of us. We're talking about people who've spent time with us. We're talking about people who know our weaknesses and people who know our strength. And so the enemy loves to deal with us in familiarity. He loves to keep us in familiar places because he knows if he can keep us in familiar places, then bad company will call on us. Like bad company will call on us. And so we cannot afford to be wise in our own eyes. You cannot, if you're going to be walking towards God, continue to hang with the same people, right? So we know the, the saying familiarity brings contempt, breeds contempt. Well, what it means is familiarity brings about a lack of respect right? Familiarity brings about. And so when we are in a position or a situation and we are hang, hanging around bad company, if that person does not respect the God in you, right? Um, there's going to be some contempt that comes to the relationship. There's going to be some contempt that comes to the situation. Um, we even do this with God. Familiarity will bring contempt where uh, with God, we get so familiar with God. We don't expect God, right? Or we're not looking for the difference in God. And so we cannot afford to be in bad company. Like we cannot afford to be connected to people who do not edify with where we're going. Remember if we are, if they are, if we are walking towards God and we are walking away from sin, then the people that we're connected to have to be walking away from sin as well. These, the people that in your intimate circle, they have got to be walking away from sin. So you got to begin to judge your intimate circle and say, who is walking with me? Who is walking? Who is walking with me? Like who is walking with me? Who is actually on this journey? Who is hungering and thirsting for righteousness? Who is um, picking up their cross and laying down their flesh? I'm not saying that they're perfect, but who is on this journey? journey with me and you need to begin to judge your circle by your journey. You got, you need to be begin to judge your circle by your walk. You got to begin to look at those around you to see who's walking with you. Like who's really, re come on, I'm finna, I'm, I'm, I'm going to deal with that in a second, Ebony. And so, yes, that's exactly how it is happens. So we got to begin to ask like, who is walking, who is walking in the way because we were command to walk in the spirit, right? We don't need to be walking with anyone that's still walking in their flesh. 
It, it, you, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot. And we will, and especially when you're not strong enough and we'll think we're strong enough and we'll say, oh no, I got it. But you don't have it because if they operate in the same weaknesses that you operate in, baby, if they operate in the same weaknesses that you operate in, baby, iron ain't going to be sharpening iron. Flesh is going to be sharpening flesh. Like flesh is going to be, flesh is going to be sharpening heavy. Your cross is heavy. You do need some help, but you need the right kind of help, right? So iron won't sharpen iron. Flesh is going to satisfy flesh. And so you got to judge your counsel. Your discernment has to come in in this season and saying, who is bad company? And, and bad company might go to church. And bad company might acknowledge God and bad company. And you're like, well, I don't want to be judgmental. This isn't about being judgmental. This is about you keeping yourself safe. This is about you not returning to your vomit. You don't want to return back to your vomit. You don't want to be foolish back in the same circumstances in the same circle and the same people. So it's going to take you to come out of familiarity and out of those familiar places and yoke yourself in relationships. See, the enemy doesn't want you to walk into, this is how he does you, right? You, you make a decision, you know, your friends, you know, you need to throw your whole circle of friends away. You know that they are doing some things, um, that do not align with where God is trying to take you. They're not living according to, they not interested in this walk and they've exhibited that to you. They do not honor the God in you. Um, as a matter of fact, they are all constantly trying to pull you into dark things and pull you back to the place and reminding you of what you used to do. You can't, you cannot like, you cannot do it. Um, and so what we will foolishly do is we will think we have the strength to do it. You can't be entangled and yoked up. You can't, if you ain't been delivered, <laughs> if you ain't truly been delivered, if you still got a desire for it, baby, you ain't delivered yet. Like if you still got a desire, so we can't afford to be attached to people who, uh, stroke our sins or who, um, who might love us, right? But don't love the God in us, right? But don't really love the God in us and are not seeking after God like we seek after God. And so what, this is what happens. Usually when we make this decision, what the enemy will do is push, push some resistance our way. And so God will give us a place. He always gives you a place to attach to. He takes you through isolation first. Come on, Holy Spirit. He takes you through isolation first. You'll go through a period or a season of being isolated because he wants to renew your mind in the word so that you won't let any other relationship lord over him. He doesn't want you coming to church and then church becoming everything. So he takes you through isolation first, right? He'll take you through isolation first. And as he takes you through isolation, he'll start renewing your mind and building you up in work. He's going to plant you in sound biblical teaching. He's going to plant you in sound, sound biblical teaching. And and then he's going to connect you to the body of believers. Well, this is where the enemy gets divisive. When God gets ready to connect you to believing folks, folks who can pray for you, intercede and be in the gap with you, the enemy always brings in and deals with you at the place of your insecurity. And so if he knows you're not secure in this thing, he is going to try to lead you back to familiar places, to old relationships, to be involved with relationships that do not bear fruit because he's going to make you comfortable in new relate uncomfortable in new relationships because you're not going to feel like you're worthy. You're not going to feel like you're holy enough. And so he doesn't want you to form these holy alliances because he know in holy alliances, there's strength. He knows in holy alliances that are strength. And so when he brings you into, you into a new territory and puts you in a place with people that you need in this next leg of the journey, the enemy starts speaking to your insecurity, making you think you're not worthy to be in those circles. He starts speaking to you, making you think that um, you're not equipped to be in those circles. He starts talking to you about your past sins and your past mistakes. He starts talking to you about what you did last night. He starts telling you that you will never fit in into these spaces. And so then what usually happens is because you, you, you'll, you'll try to balance out the two first. You'll try to steal, but something in your spirit is drawing you. So usually you stay stagnant. You got one foot into your friends and you got one foot, in, foot into the church, right? 
and you, you find yourself doing the splits, you find yourself stretched in, you find yourself overburdened, you find yourself um, confused. And that is exactly what the enemy tries to do because he wants you to think that if that these new circles, right, won't. But when God prepares a place for you, favor goes before you. And then God will send people to mentor you, to coach you into this next leg of your journey. But you have to, but you have to make a decision, right? Um, to cross all over. It says a double-minded, double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, right? We cannot serve to God. You not, cannot serve mammoth and money. And so we have to make a decision because we weren't created for the stretch. You weren't created to be split in two places. You can't be in the, you can't be on this side of the world and on this side of the world. You got to make a decision to transition right on over. Right. But familiarity likes us to keep in a place in which we seem comfortable in which it seems like we fit. Right. But Peter has already told us, I need you to be holy because I am holy. And so we got to make a decision in our mind because the stretch, the stretch is complicated. The stretch is complex. The stretch still leaves doors open to the enemy. This ain't number. So if I got one foot on this side and one foot on this side, I'm really got a gap right? I really got a gap and I'm compromised. Have you ever tried to stand on the side of something, right? And it's because both are moving. You need to hear what I'm saying. One is moving this way and one is moving that way. Both are moving and they are both moving. Well, as they are both moving, you're being stretched beyond your capacity, right? Because the, the friends over here are moving. They're just moving backwards, but the new relationships over here, they're moving, they're walking towards God. And so when you got a foot over here and a foot over here, you're being being stretched. Well, here's what's happening. You're going to break. You're, you're, you weren't, you weren't created to be stretched at that capacity. You got to be all in or all out, but you can't stretch because the stretch is going to break you. But most of us think that we have the capacity to return or stay in those, those places, right? Where we think we have a right that, that right. We can stay in those places. We can hang out with these people over here and we can entertain these circles over here. And God is like, no, I'm calling you higher. I'm calling you into higher ele elevation. I'm calling you into higher relationships. And it's gonna, it's, that's why you feel so, so overwhelmed or consumed. And then what happens to you, you'll feel fake. You fake with these friends and fake with these people because you're not living the truth of God. And so we have to make a decision. My God, I can't afford to be in bad company if I'm really going to be elevated to the position in Christ Jesus. And we got to look at what that looks like. What does that look like in Christ Jesus? So I just want to give you some verses this morning that's going to help strengthen you so that you don't return to familiarity, so that you don't return to vomit, so that you don't keep staying in your same comfortable places with bad company. Um, if you, can I give this to you? If you are a woman or a man of God and you are choosing to be celibate, there's, it's very highly unlikely that you're going to be able to date or be with someone who is not celibate. It's, it's not going to work unless they really respect the God in you. You're not going to be able to date or be with someone who is not celibate or who does not understand or respect the God or who's not going to take this celibate journey with you because what's going to happen is because we rub off on each other, this is going, going to evolve in something else. And either the person is going to run with you to the altar. Now, if someone loves you enough, they're going to come and say, I want to be with you. I love you enough to transform my life and I will walk this celibate journey with you. Right. But if they will not, it's going to be very difficult for you to continue to stay in a relationship with somebody who will not walk out your principles, your truth and your guidelines. So that needs to be a question you ask, not upfront, but that needs to be a conversation eventually had about, well, here is where I am. I'm celibate until marriage. Right. And if they can't handle that, don't spend your time getting caught up in the trap, right? Oh no, I because you'll be somewhere. You'll be you'll be somewhere. You'll be somewhere you ain't got no business being. So let me give you some scriptures. Proverbs 18 and 24. A man of too many friends comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You don't need that many friends to begin with. I, I my I, my friends, 
are very few. You don't need that many friends to begin with. If you got your circle so huge, you need to clean your circle up. If you are all over the place and everybody's circle, you need to figure this thing out. If you are a socialite, you probably need to calm yourself down. You can't have too many friends. Proverbs 13 and 20 says, he who walks with wise men will be wise, but the can't companion of fools will suffer harm, right? Solomon was wise. If you walking with wise men, you're going to become wiser. But if you have the companions of fools, guess what's getting ready to happen? You're going to suffer, right? Poverty and shame will come to him who neglects discipline, but he who regards reproof will be honored. That's Proverbs 13 and 18. Proverbs 15 and 22 says, without consultation, plans are frustrated, but with many counselors, they succeed. You need friends that can counsel you. And if you're going to really walk out your cross, your purpose, live life to the fullest, you need, and I'm talking about godly counsel. You need somebody who comes to you when they, when you say, girl, I'm struggling, I'm struggling with sexual immorality. I'm struggling with my boyfriend. You know, I love him. He loves me, but we're getting on the edge of doing something that does not line up with the word of God. You need somebody who's going to come to you and pull out first Corinthians 15 and 22 and say to you, do you not know your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Like that's the kind of friend you need. Do you not know your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? You don't need somebody that's going to give you bad advice and say to you, girl, God don't expect you to be perfect. Go on and do whatever you need to do. And and then all you got to do repent and it's no big deal to God. No, it's very a big deal to God. Because remember I told you yesterday, anytime we have sex outside of marriage, we um, violate the Holy Spirit, right? We violate the Holy Spirit that's in us. It's like we slept with, it's like a threesome. We slept with that person in the Holy Spirit at the same time. And you can't afford to violate the Holy Spirit because that's your power, right? Proverbs 17 and 17, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. A real friend is going to love you and say to you and pull your co-string. You, if you're trying to elevate yourself and really glorify God, then the friends around you got to be elevating themselves and really glorify God. Not people who do good deeds, not people who just talk about God, people who are really in pursuit of making God their first priority and know that it's God or nothing else, right? Hebrews 13 and five, make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have for he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. You need friends that operate in the moral morality and character of Christ. Now, here's the thing. We ain't talking about doing this perfect. Ain't nobody perfect in this. We fall. I all fall. We mess up. But when we fall, when the just man falls, the just man falls, you need righteous friends around you who can pray you back in position. You need righteous friends around you who can connect you by back to the kingdom. Baby, you need a friend that can pray you through. You need somebody that can see what you don't see. You need somebody that is going to encourage you to become the best version of yourself, right? You need to date somebody that's going to pull you up a level right? Or that y'all going to rise together. You don't need to settle to date someone that speaks to your flesh. You don't need to settle to date someone who, who, who is focused on your physical attributes or who just their focus or their conversation with you is just about sex. Like you need to date someone who sees the spirit of God in you, right? And y'all elevate and grow together. we be so afraid to date up a level. Whew, that's a word within itself. we be so afraid to be, be, be up a level in friendship because familiarity says, no, stay here where it's comfortable because it's going to require less than you. Proverbs 9 and 9 says, give instruction to a wise man and he will still be wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase in learning. You need friends that you can learn from and that you can grow from, right? Proverbs 19 and 20 says, listen to the counsel and accept discipline that you may be wise the rest of your days, right? That you will be wise the rest of your day. You don't want friends that act like in the serpent in the garden. In Genesis 3 and 1, it says, now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field, which the Lord God has made. And he said to the woman, indeed, God has said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden. You don't need nobody around you that's going to question whether or not the Bible or the word of God is correct. If you got anybody around you that when you assert yourself in kingdom and you say, I'm living in kingdom, um, if you got somebody around you and say, did the Bible really say that? Um, are we really supposed to live this way? If you got anybody that's trying to challenge the word of God as the final authority, you need to throw that whole friend away. 
Like you need to throw that whole friend away. I'm just being real. Proverbs 1 and 5 says a wise man will hear and increase in learning and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. You need to be connected to wise counsel. Proverbs 14 and 7 says, leave the presence of a fool or you will not discern words of knowledge. When you're in the presence of fools, you're not going to know what's biblical truth and what's not biblical truth. Proverbs 27 and 17 says iron sharpens iron. So one man sharpens another, right? Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10 says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, then one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift them up. So you can't afford to be in bad company if they can't lift you up. You got to be in the company of somebody that can lift you up. And if they can't lift you up, then that ain't the company that you need to be in this season, baby. You, you got to judge your company by their fruits. You got to ask yourself in this season, ask about every relationship. God, is this the relationship that you need me attached to in this season? Is this the relationship that's going to draw me close to you? Relationships are going to do two things. They're going to draw you away from God or they're going to draw you to God. And you got to begin to ask you, is this a relationship that's drawing me near to God? James 4 and 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, those of you that are double minded. First Thessalonians 5 and 11 says, therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you're doing. But how do we build each other up? We got to build each other up in Christ Jesus. Let me give you this last scripture. So it's so, so important, right? Two John 8 and 44. It says you are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature for he is a liar and a father of lies. When we are connected to people who don't have the word of God, they speak from their own nature and they speak from their own truth. And you got to be very, 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 eight and for John eight and 44. You got to be very careful of people who speak to you out of their nature and their truth. And it looks successful according to the word of God, but it does not align with the word of God. Like you got to know that you backed up by a friend that lines up. So you got to watch bad company and what's bad company. People that are leading you away from God, people that are not walking on the journey, people who have paused and stalled, right. And who have made a decision not to advance in kingdom. And it's hard. It's hard, but you got to pray and ask God to strengthen you to walk away from relationships that do not glorify God. If God can't get the glory out of the relationship, right? If God can't get the glory out of the relationship, then what's the point of being in the relationship or this relationship needs to just, we need to have a conversation and say, Hey, our relationship right now is not glorifying God. It's not. And so you and I need to seek how do the, how does this relationship glorify God? Now, if this is a person that's supposed to be connected to you, guess what they're going to do? They're going to say, you're absolutely right. We need to get this relationship where it needs to glorify God. Now, if this is a person that is difficult to connect to, they're going to tell you it don't take all that. They're going to tell you they're not interested in that. They may pretend for a minute to be interested in it. And then they may change out, um, and do and start doing something different. And so we got to look at that bad, bad friends aren't good for you, right? Good friends are a blessing. Bad friends are a curse, right? And you either going with bad friends, you either going to have fake friends who pretend to be your friends, right? Or you're going to have friends that entice you into sin to go down the wrong path. And so you got to ask yourself, is this person enticing me into sin and I'm going down the wrong path? Because here's the thing that I know anything Anyone that you put before God is going to hurt you, right? And I'm just going to wrap this up. Anyone that you put before God, man was not designed to fulfill your needs. Anyone that you put before God is going to hurt you. Anyone, anyone that you put before God is going to hurt you, period, point blank. And so you got to associate yourself with good People, right? Good people. First Corinthians 15, 33 and 34 says, don't be fooled. Bad friends will ruin good habits. Come back to your right way of thinking and stop sinning. That's what he was saying there. Bad friends are going to run. In Matthew, he said, if your right eye makes you sin, take it out and throw it away. Well, if you got friends that make you sin, you better take them out and throw them away. 
You got to take them out. You got to make a decision. No, I got to honor God, right? More than I honor anything else. Well, that's it for today. That's your auntie. That's your auntie LMJ. Deal with your friends. Deal with your circles. Deal with those around you. Put yourself in the position of God company, good company. If you really want to see your life glorify God, you got to choose your circle wisely in this season. If you're trying to go up a level, you got to choose your circle wisely. You got to say, you know what? I'm getting ready to make a decision to deny my flesh the place of familiarity, people who stroke my sin, people who stroke my ego. I'm getting ready to deny that. I'm getting ready to deny that. And I'm going to pick up my cross and I'm going to choose to be in good company. Is it easy? Absolutely not. Do you feel lonely at sometimes? Absolutely you do. But then God will begin to place you in good company when he knows that you won't make those, that company your God. God doesn't want any other God before him. God doesn't want any other God before him. So you got to watch your circle, baby. You got to choose your company. You got to look at who you are amongst and see if these are the relationships that you need in the next season. I love y'all. Y'all ready to pray? Father God, give us strength. Give us grace. Give us your mercy. Give us your love. Forgive us for being in relationships that do not glorify you, Lord God. Forgive us for walking in bad company. Forgive us for choosing the familiarity over you. Forgive us for denying Jesus, Lord God. Father God, center us so that we seek out good company, Lord God. And let our first, our main good company be you. Lord God, let us make Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And if you've not yet made Jesus Christ and Lord and Savior, that's the first good company you need. You need to repent, <laughs> ask for forgiveness, right? Decide to make Jesus Lord and Savior and then ask God to take over your life and then allow someone to disciple you. That's the first good company you need. Ask God to send you good company. He will. He will. Ask him to send you good, good company. I love y'all so much. We got to get out of here. I love you. I love you. I love you. But God loves you more, right? God loves you more. The first good company you need is Jesus. And when you make him Lord and Savior, I promise you, everything else will begin to line up, right? Everything else will begin to line up. I promise you it will. You got to just make a decision. God, I'll have no other God before you, right? I love y'all. But more than anything, that God loves you more. God loves you so, so much that he gave his son, his only son, to die for you. To, to die for you, to stand in your place so that you did not have to be dead in your sins, right? And he loved you enough to give you the word of God, to give you a map to lead you in right direction. I'll see y'all back here in five in the morning. Hey, don't forget our announcements. Don't forget to invite someone in. Don't forget to share the video. Say, I want you to listen to my auntie today. I want you to listen to her about bad relationships. I want you to listen to her as she gives us the word and scripture on what it looks like for us to be in good company so that I don't walk in anything less than kingdom. I love you so much, but more than anything, God loves you so, 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 so much that he sent this little sandy head girl to get up at five in the morning and to be devoted to you. I'm devoted to God and devoted to you to be devoted to you. That's how much he loves you. I'm not here for me. I'm here for you. And I'm grateful and I'm honored to be that he would send you this little sandy head like Bond girl and say, get up in the morning and let's walk through the word of God with him. He loves you that much. He's that intentional with you. I'll see you back here in the morning at 5 a.m. Love. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today.